What up, fam? We're back. It's Jay. And it's Lo. Together we're Jay Lo, bringing you the music buzz. Wrap up for 2020. We've reached the end almost, which is actually insane. I didn't know that we would make it to this point, but here we are. It's, it's been December, a marathon. For real. <laughs> it's been a very hard marathon, but we're here and we're happy to bring you our favorite albums, favorite songs of 2020. But first, we should probably go over what we're buzzing on, Lo. Oh, so true. So today we're buzzing on the Feather Top beer from Jackalope. It is a wheat beer. I believe it's a spinoff of their... Lovebird. It Lovebird. is a varietal of the Lovebird. I guess throughout the year, they've been doing these weird like drops almost of different kinds of beer and they do like a limited run. So this is, this one, it's, uh, has a scarecrow on it. So I think it was one of their fall beers, but it's light and delicious and goes down super easy. So check it out. And you know, it's kind of Halloween themed and it's been a spooky year. So in keeping, in keeping with the theme for the year. So, so we're gonna chat about just a major current event before we get into our top songs and albums of the year we've had multiple requests for coverage on this topic we have another surprise record from miss taylor allison swift so here's the thing i feel like if someone asked me to sum up 2020 it would be like presidential election covid19 and taylor swift (laughs) because of the amount of content we've gotten from her yeah she has released 31 songs this year and that's that's just between the two albums she also technically released the long pond studios which is another however many tracks so this woman has released like almost 40 plus songs this year which is absolutely nuts i woke up the day that taylor announced we were getting another surprise album and my phone was blowing up i literally thought someone died i was like oh god what is going on I had texts. I had Instagram DMs. Like, people were freaking out. Because no one saw it coming. Did you see this coming? I didn't, but it's very on par with Taylor, is what I would say, probably, to that. And I think, like, the meme that really summed it up for me was, I want whatever vitamins Taylor's taking (laughs) that's made her so productive during 2020. Yeah. I saw, there have been so many good tweets about this now, but um, one of the funniest ones I saw is someone was like, are you trying to tell me that Taylor is releasing her second studio album of the year and I haven't finished reading the first book I started in January? (laughs) (laughs) Like, for sure. That's that's how I feel. I saw another tweet that said, some people are now going to be getting Taylor's second album of the year before they get their folklore merch. Which is me as hell. (laughs) Yeah, I still don't know what's going on with that. Oh, it's supposedly arriving on Monday after I complained. There you go. So then just in time for you to order the Evermore merch. Well, so now I'm traumatized because I looked at the Evermore merch. It's, of course, on vinyl. And I was like, oh, I'm obviously going to get one. It says at the bottom in tiny, tiny print, ships in 20 to 40 weeks. Are you insane? So what that means probably, right, is they're taking all the pre-orders, yes. quote unquote, for it, and then we'll go into production. Exactly. So is she releasing like eight different colors again and like different? I only saw the one, but, you know, with Folklore, she's done several different merch drops and with new items it, each right, time. So we're it's about possible. to go into Christmas. So here we go. Yeah. Your Christmas will be dominated by Taylor Swift. I mean, I guess I did put it on one of my lists, so I don't know if we should well, cover spoiler it. Spoiler alert. Well, spoiler alert. There you go. Yeah, but that's true. I don't know if we should cover it now. I will say, I don't know what I will say. I <laughs> I just think everyone's like, damn. It's like that girl that comes in that did all of the extra credit on the project. And you were like, we made a decision as a group. No one was going to do this. Yeah. And she came right on in. Well, also everyone's made their end of year lists already. So it's like, okay, Taylor. But she's like, I already got folklore on there. So gotcha. For sure. And there are some people who put it on their <laughs> lists anyways. They made some last minute edits. So Sure did. Since we'll be talking about kind of like the album as a whole a little later on in the podcast, I am interested to hear what you think about some of the theories that are going around. So have you heard that there is a theory that this is part of a trilogy? I have not. So there's a lot of good evidence supporting the fact that 
Like um, a Lord of the Rings trilogy? Basically, but lore of the rings. <laughs> I see what you laugh. did there and I, I appreciated it. Like I thoroughly appreciated that. Thank you for humoring me. Um, Def, using so, that as a caption, I'm sorry. <laughs> as you should. I'll give you clearance. I don't really know all of the like, sp- I can't remember all the specifics, but one of the um, theories that I saw was talking about how there are with the cardigans that are on her website for merch. There's three of them and each one is a different color. So there's like the white one, which goes with the folklore theme, like the black and white. There is a like brown one, which goes with evermore vibes. And then there's another one. I forget what color it is, but it's like another color theme. And then on the sleeve of all of the there's sweaters, three stars. There's three stars. Stop it. I'm yeah. just ready for her. I'm ready for Nevermore. Wait, what do you mean you're ready for Nevermore? <laughs> no, I love it. I just you hate. Stand. I hate that I love it so much. It's I, okay. Embrace it. Yeah, just I'm trying love to. It. It's like this year. I'm trying to just embrace the year. You have but to. I hate and it. it's like this year has taught us more than ever. Just like enjoy what you enjoy. Who cares if people are going to roast you for it? You know, just live your truth. No, it's. <laughs> It's fair. It's, it's very fine. fair. It's just, I hate myself even more for liking it because I actually did some follow-up and I'm getting a little bit off topic, but I did some follow-up and actually watched the Pond. Long Pond Studios. Long Pond Studios documentary on Disney. Not boring, like I thought it was going to be, with just performances, which was cool to hear about the back end of the songs, but... I would have liked it to not be as polished, like just her raw in the moment. But I feel like that's a different side of it. And this was just a casual interview conversation that was a little more tailored. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? It was, it was like tailored for camera. The The new drinking game is drink every time we make a tailor pun. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You'll be drunk by the end of this episode and you won't care that we're still in the year 2020. <laughs> um. So wait, so do you wish the the conversations were less polished or the performances? Uh, conversations. I didn't, it, gotcha. I thought the performances were cool, but I don't know. It just, it seemed like both Aaron and Jack, when they were sitting around the fire, were just kind of waiting for Taylor to talk and then they would respond some, but it didn't yeah. seem like, it didn't seem like the conversations they probably had about those songs before the songs were done. Or sure. finished, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I did kind of like more of the one-on-one conversations. I felt like they were a little more personal. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any songs that you were surprised by the meaning of? Not really. I mean, I, I guess because I've just heard so much about it that I was like, oh, okay. I, I was surprised that she actually acknowledged that her boyfriend was like starting some of those songs. William Bowery. So when she was talking about This Is Me Trying, I had no idea that's what that song was about. About, you know, she talks about drug addiction and people just being like at the end of their rope and mm-hmm. like literally just doing the bare minimum is takes like a mountain of effort. And mm-hmm. so it was just like, this is me trying. I never picked that up really yeah. listening through the first time. And that was not one of my favorites on Folklore. But now I listen to it with a new appreciation because I'm like, oh, I understand what this is supposed to be. And like, I, I know she says it's not like autobiographical, but I feel like some elements in each song are for sure. And it would have been cool for her to highlight those. Like one of them was, uh, the line, I think Jack, I forgot what song it's in, but Jack Antonoff said, I was just so shocked that you said it. Like I've never been the best, but I've always been really good at trying the hardest. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that, I think that's Taylor almost down to the core yeah. because she's admitted like vocally. She, I mean, it's not like something that she was naturally talented in, but she for sure tries the hardest and you can see it even through releasing two albums this year. Yeah. And she did say that that was like clearly a personal line, like mm-hmm. referring to herself, but she didn't elaborate on right in what way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think like in, in all the ways, she's just kind of the person that like is going to put a lot of effort into things. Like she's going to, try to be cool you know like she she cares about like putting effort forth she's not someone who's just like well people are either gonna like me or they're not it is what it is right she's just not that kind of person like she's gonna put effort forth which can be like a good thing and a bad thing it's like Mm -hmm. a good thing when you're an artist who's putting in all these like tiny details of effort into all of your work for your fans to like 
find clues and be intrigued and feel like they're a part of something with you. Right. But then on the other hand, it's like, sometimes you're just like, who really is Taylor is, I just want to see you at your natural state, say whatever comes to your mind right now. Right. Be a little less, like you were saying, I guess, polished. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think she's honed that skill so well that I don't know that you'll ever see that. Yeah. Because she's literally tried since day one. Even I think she admitted not that you would need to admit this, but she said like in the early days she would watch Law and Order reruns and respond to fans on like MySpace. But I mean, like to respond to every fan comment like that, yeah, that takes a lot of time and For effort. Sure. So granted, less then because she didn't have the army that she has now. Correct. Course, but, but still, I 100% had our song as my MySpace song at one point in time. Bless. No shame in that game. Bless. <laughs> Okay, so we are going to talk about our personal currents. We're recording pretty close after our last episode, so we are doing a lot of the same stuff, but, you know, it's fine. I am currently watching, this is embarrassing to admit, but I just feel like I've, as I said in our last episode, I've watched everything on the internet and on all the streaming apps. So I am currently watching Married at First Sight. It is just trash television. I can't stop watching it, and I'm not ashamed because it's intriguing throwing two people together and just see like making forcing them into a marriage sending them on a honeymoon forcing them to live together for like two months quality tv i mean i imagine it would be i've actually heard great reviews about it i just haven't watched yet i need to commit it's pretty good i am now currently reading i finished ruthie Lindsay's book holy moly absolutely loved it it was i like wept the entire way through it was just beautiful but i'm now reading also kind of an embarrassing book called Firefly Lane. It's by Kristen Hanna, and it's just this story about these two women and their friendship from the time that they met when they were like 10 years old to adulthood. And it's just like a touching story that I've heard is sad, so we'll see what happens. But it's being turned into a Netflix series with Katherine Heigl, which is intriguing. It just became available on my library app, so I was like, okay, sure. I love being prepared for like a Netflix series and reading the book beforehand. For sure. So, and I needed a little switch up. I just read a memoir before that. I read something a little spooky. So just keeping it diverse. Love it. And I'm currently listening to Evermore. Aren't we all? (laughs) Aren't we all? Just nonstop. So that's where I'm at. Awesome. Jay. All right. So watching very much in the same vein as complete trash Uh, I'm on Bravo's Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. It is terrible and amazing all at once. And you know what? I'm not going to apologize for it. I love it. I love it. I love all the housewives on there. If you need some quality mindless TV and you need to feel better about like really your year, you just turn that right on. It's quality Bravo trash and I I don't take it back. And then currently reading, I am still on John Meacham's book about John Lewis so again, very good, very dense read, um, a little textbooky, but highly recommend it as well. So far, so good. And then currently listening, I'm obviously on Evermore as well. <laughs> no shame in our I game. I mean, you know, how can you not be? As is the globe right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. You know? Okay, so now we're talking about our best albums of 2020. This was a really hard list to make. So much music came out this year. It's almost overwhelming. And... It's just what's kept us sane all year. So I feel like I've spent more time than ever listening to music. So Justine and I both made four albums, our top 10 lists. So first, I think we should talk about, we only have one overlap, which is actually surprising. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. But I do think it's proof of how much good music came out this year that that's the only one that we had that was overlapping. So that overlap, of course, is Folklore by Taylor Swift. So why do you think there was some overlap there? Is it on everyone's list? And I'm not going to lie, I did look at like Rolling Stone and Paste and Pitchfork yeah. and it was on all of those lists. Yeah. And NPR, like yeah. it's on pretty much all the lists. What I feel about it is that it just showed a new side of Taylor's artistry. And I think that was in part due to her collaborations with Aaron Dessner and Jack Antonoff, which she's mm-hmm. worked with Jack before. But I think this was a new sound for even her songs that she wrote and produced directly with Jack and it was just a surprise for everyone like it wasn't necessarily just a surprise because it was released and dropped out of the blue but it was just such a 
twist from what everyone was expecting next. I think a lot of people were either expecting another 1989 reputation pop anthem vibe, or they were expecting a return to country. And while folklore did have like some touches upon the country roots, it was not a country album. Like, you know, you have Betty and songs that are a little more folk E, mm-hmm. but it was just something new. I agree with that. And and I agree almost in a weird way. Cause I was thinking about it. Like Taylor gave us some hints about the pop stuff, like leading in with red. She had a couple of songs in there that you were like, Oh, okay. Like this is a little different. It's not traditional country. And it was like, it was a shock when 1989 was released, but I don't think it was like a complete shock. Like this was an actual shock because again, it was a twist in her music, but with no hints of it in lover, for example. Um, and I think it turned out really well and it was in a weird way. It's like very brave because it's a risk, um, to do something like that. But I think, she's proven that she can do it in other genres. So why not do it now? And also it's 2020. So you might as well. Yeah. In the year of quarantine, it was a quarantine album. And you know, some of the records that have come out this year, the songs were written and recorded in 2019 or even before. This is a record that was written and recorded in 2020. It was born out of being stuck inside and not being able to go to an actual studio. So they had to create a home studio, which is her first time ever recording in a home studio. And it just kind of forced people to get creative and do things they might not have done otherwise. And so it's just one of the best pieces of work we've had this year, I feel. Yeah. I mean, and I feel like it's also just a testament to adapting to what's going on in your environment, which is really cool. It's also maybe easier if you're Taylor Swift versus another artist. For sure. But it's just, it's so cohesive. I was talking to another friend about this the other day, but I feel like it's her most cohesive piece of work because, you know, several of her other albums, she kind of jumps around to different genres and not different genres, but jumps around to different sounds within a piece of work. This is all pretty cohesive and and there are some like differences of course Mm -hmm. but like overall it just all goes together the songs are really well written it they tell interesting stories they tell stories we haven't heard from taylor before so i have no choice but to stand personally love it i'm with you as well should we go into your number two pick so i've said it before on a previous episode i can't get enough of the laney record i just think it's a work of art And you have to be into that kind of synth pop music, but I think the lyrics are on point. I think the melodies are on point for as much as I can think a melody is on point as a non-musician, but I truly love it. And I know this sounds so cheesy. It's maybe because I've had a beer and a half now, but it actually made me feel something, which is like, that's what hard I, to do. Justin has no feelings. <laughs> exactly. I actually ripped out my heart in high school. So I go through life devoid of a heart and feelings, but this made a comeback. <laughs> it made a comeback. Um, I grew it back in 2020 because uh, I was inside so long. No, it's Mama's Boy record. I just, I mean, Cowboy in L.A. and Still Such Talk to Jesus. Song. Like, again, we'll get into the songs, but it's just a record I find myself going back to a lot. I feel like we should say this as like a base claim because I don't know how you picked your albums and I know how I picked mine and I pick it in like a very aesthetic sort of way in terms of if I can go back to it again and again, Mm -hmm. and it makes me feel something then I'm like, great, I love it. And I don't really care the genre of it, but it has to make me feel something. And again, I have to be able to go back to it. It can't just be like I ran through it then one and done. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm kind of with you on that. Like these are not picks that we made because they're like, critically acclaimed records or they have you know certain criteria like for me I picked albums that like you were saying they're ones that I keep going back to and Mm -hmm. I am like a listener of music that like I don't even pay attention to the details I just pay attention to how songs make me feel I gravitate towards albums that just make me feel good so awesome mama's boy is is one of those for sure all right Lo, you're up Okay, so my next one is Rustin Kelly, Shape and Destroy. This is the opposite of what I was just saying about folklore. These are songs that Rustin wrote before 2020. Um, This record was released earlier this year. I just think it's 
another cohesive piece of work. All the songs are just beautiful and moving. I feel like Rustin's songwriting is very poetic. He has a lot of songs that are like, you kind of have to spend some time with to figure out what they mean. And Rustin's show was one of the last ones that we saw right before quarantine. And he did play some of the songs from Shape and Destroy. He played Brave. He played Hallelujah Anyway. And so immediately when this record came out, I was automatically... I had an emotional attachment to those songs because that is the last live music show that I saw. <laughs> That's fair. I I think I skewed my expectations for it because we had heard those songs before. So my expectations were through the roof and I did like this album, but I, I just don't think it lived up to what I had hoped it was going to be. I almost liked Dying Star better. And I don't know why. I just, I know that's like an inexplicable answer, yeah. but I loved Brave. We'll get get to it but I didn't love the record overall and I think it's just because again my expectations were through the roof yeah it's one the more time I spend with it the more I've liked it and the more I've connected to in it and because it is not so like in your face like his lyrics aren't so like this happened and then this happened it does take a little more time to like live with the songs and like kind of pull meaning from it like you have to listen to them a few times I feel like Mm -hmm. but they also sonically sound beautiful like all of the recordings are impeccable and i just love it go rustin all right so i feel like i'm about to go down a pop hole but kicking it off is gonna be changes bieber and i feel like i just have to like put the disclaimer out there go ahead roast me whatever you gotta do but the album again speaking to rustin sonically like sonically this album is amazing And I think, like, Intentions, even Yummy. Like, Yummy, I don't even like the lyrics, but it's an earworm. Yeah, it's stuck in your head. Yeah, it's an earworm. And I don't know if that counts because of that, but, like, again, I listen, I have have it on cd and i listen on to cd oh wow. on cd just in case my hey phone guys, i don't know if you know what cds <laughs> are they're um stands for compact disc i don't know if you've ever seen all them. right well <laughs> if your radio goes out and your phone goes out you need a couple cds no, in your true. car so I, i'm shocked all you gen zers <laughs> uh there you go well hang on i also bought two stop they were given to me as gifts but okay it's because <laughs> It came with a special edition poster, and I wanted to see what the packaging was like. Oh, yeah, it was like. a gift. You definitely <laughs> bought it for the special I'll edition I'll give you poster. one. It's actually a crotch shot of Bieber, which makes it even creepier. I love that. But there's that. Marketing. <laughs> Marketing, folks. Um, But I love this album. I was actually going to go to his tour mm-hmm. as well, which unfortunately got canceled. But, yeah. I love it. I'm not going to apologize. I also like Lonely, which was a 2020 song. We'll get to it. Not on this album, but I, I'm I'm a Biebs fan, so yeah, there's I, that. This, I almost had this album in my top ten, and I took it out because I thought Justine was going to judge me, and then she has it on her. Hers. Of course I do. So that's where we're at. I really did love this album, too, and I feel like when I was reading the New York Times best albums list, John Caramonica, host of Popcast, had changes on his list as well, and I felt like his blurb perfectly explained it. He said something like, Beaver has always been like popping around trying to figure out where he fits. And he finally just made like a contemporary R and B album. And this is his sweet spot. Like this is where he's best. That's what his voice is suited for. That's what his songs are suited for. But I also think it's like where he was in his career. Cause obviously I watched the YouTube mini series so as the stand that I am. And, um, he, the like before it was like a management and label decision as to what songs he was cutting And I think going into this record purely because it wasn't like him coming out of like this huge scandal and stuff, it was like, okay, you go make the record and then we'll talk about it when you're done. And, you know, I think in the miniseries, he went through a list of like 40 songs and whatever. They had like the board up and we're putting them up there. But it was like him picking which songs he wanted to do and like no outside voices, which I think is really important. Yeah, for sure. And I love that he worked with Pooh Bear, who is like the king of melodies. I mean, he was in the YouTube documentary and he would like do a run and then Justin would be like, okay, I'm taking that. Like, I'm going to memorize that real quick and go do exactly what you just did in the vocal booth because like his melodies are just incredible. But all in all, like this is a great record. And shout out to Scooter Braun for owning the ecosystem. 
because he owns the label, and then Pooh Bear's a writer, and then Justin is the artist. So there's that. So yeah, don't be ashamed, Lauren. If you need to just add that on there as a 10 plus one, I won't judge you. Thank you so much. I might. <laughs> All right. So hit me with yours. Okay. So my next one is Lennon Stella's 321. She released a lot of singles from, not a lot, but some singles from this album before 2020. Uh, but the actual record came out this year, which is her first record. And I was just so pleased. As her first record, I was just, I had very high expectations and this record completely met all of them. There are so many songs on this that are just impeccable. Kissing Other People, Fear of Being Alone, Golf on TV, Older Than I Am, Jealous. Like there's just so many good songs. Great pop songs. Her voice sounds great on them. They're interesting. They're not boring and simple. Like they're just complex, interesting, smart pop songs. I love Lennon. Her voice is so, it's everything to me. Yeah. It's one of my I, I loved Kissing Other People. So good. And and Golf on TV. Like the that way she did it. Feels. Yeah. It's so good. So I approve. Yeah. Not that you need my approval, but I approve. And she really, she has no features on this record except for Maisie Stella, her sister. Mm-hmm. Even the Golf on TV cut from the record is just her. It doesn't have J.P. Sachs on it, which the single initially did. So I kind of love that it's just like her coming out into the world like with yeah. this piece of work. It makes me kind of sad because we were supposed to go see her too. Oh, and I'm just like at the at Ryman, Ryman, of course, oh. it would would have been incredible. And here we are. All right. What you got next? All right. So like I said, I'm going down a pop kind of rabbit hole here, but I loved Diplo's snake oil and it uh, let me be clear. He said it was volume one. So that makes me think there's a volume two, three or four coming out. I don't know. I hope so. It's not in keeping with the parameters that I had for the rest of the albums on here in terms of going back to the full record again and again. But there were some songs on here that I could not get enough of. So that's why I put it on here. Again, I was a little apprehensive because I was like, is this Diplo like trying to be country and like he was trying to do a set at stagecoach the whole thing and i was like mm, this kid's wesley yeah this could suck and it was actually awesome i thought it was like a fire pop album it is so good i there are several songs from this album that are on my top played from Ex- spotify yeah i just it- i stand diplo in general like i'm not even a big fan of like i don't even know what you would call his normal music like house music or what would you call that I mean, I would say it's like DJ music because I put his music is just different from like a Calvin Harris. And I think it's because you know his story, right? He used to go to all these record shops in Florida and like find these random obscure samples for people and then like find these records and send them out. Interesting. And so he started producing music himself, but like he got his start kind of late, like in his mid thirties. Yeah. He's in his forties now. Yeah. Yeah. His side gig was essentially like finding all of these crazy obscure samples, which I think makes his music very interesting. Cause you know, you know what I mean? He's not doing the regular run of the mill. Okay. We need 500 writers on this. And like, let's find some samples that get clearance. It's like, he actually delves deep. That makes sense to me because he has such a good ear mm-hmm. and like such a good instinct of who to work with and what things sound good, yeah. which like, especially for this album, the artists that he worked with on this record, even not being in the country space to have the wherewithal to know that like Cam, Morgan Wallen, Orville Peck, like those are, he knew the right people that would be a good fit for this project, you know? And I like it that it, it was kind of almost tailored to country. It wasn't necessarily like, a pop song that featured a country vocal. And I'm thinking of one specific one in my head, like a Zed and a Maren Morris, like, and I've said it on a previous episode, but I think that's a Zed song with a Maren Morris vocal. I thought he allowed each artist to kind of be themselves in a weird way. I know that sounds weird, but I agree. But also heartless is a pop song with Morgan Wallen singing on it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, but it's still not like as poppy. I don't know what I'm trying to say as like some of the other songs, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't have a banjo on it and it's not like a mid tempo country song by any means, but it still like has like some funky elements to it. We stand up low. Yeah. Lauren hit me with yours. 
Okay, so my next one was Phoebe Bridger's Punisher, which has also been making a lot of lists this year. Um, This is Phoebe's second record, and I feel like she just, her first record, Stranger in the Alps, I feel like was her dipping her toe into like what her sound was going to be, and Punisher was her jumping all the way in. Mm -hmm. It was produced or co-produced by Ethan Gruska, who I just love, and all the songs, she kind of has a similar writing style to Rustin where a lot of her songs, you kind of have to do a little investigating to like figure out what they mean. Or, or I guess I should just say they're, some of them are just kind of vague. Like there's yeah. like these weird specific details, but then a vague overall story. So you can apply it to whatever in your life it applies to. And there are just so many gorgeous songs on it. Kyoto, I feel like was her doing an upbeat thing, which is strange for her. And they're just, I don't know. It's an incredible record. The production is amazing. The songwriting is amazing. Phoebe also has been working overtime this year, similar to Taylor. Like, I feel like Phoebe has been featured on everything. Like, she was just featured on a Kid Cudi song yeah. on his new record on Friday. I'm like, what? No, but I mean, like, look, I think she also is effing brave as a human being because she had that whole Brian Adams expose come out, and then it was, like, all of this music. So... You know what I mean? I I feel like she's not holding back, if that yeah. makes sense. And I agree with you. I really did like this record, but I liked the record before. Stranger more. in the Alps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that was a show we saw on Valentine's Day. She had black balloons. It's literally one of my favorite shows. I think I was, like, tearing up. But, oh, you so know, good. I just don't like to tear up in public. So it could have been the whiskey. Could have been the music. You never know. Uh, that's a song right there. Could have been the whiskey. Could have been the music. <laughs> Story of my life all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah, she's fabulous. I feel like um, this year and this record especially too, like previously when I would talk about Phoebe Bridgers, like you would have a few people who were just, you know, cool and in the know who'd be like, oh yeah, Phoebe. Now it's like she is kind of mainstream in a way, which is kind of weird. But I feel like a lot more people are aware of her and a fan of her and are, I don't know, on the Phoebe train, I guess. All right, so next up... I love, 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 loved this record, Dua Lipa. So Future good. Future Nostalgia. This is another one that's making a lot of lists as well. This is a huge record this year. I know, but like some, when I came, like the following week, I was talking to some people about it and they were like, oh, you like that record? And I was like, what are you talking yeah. about? It is a fire record. What's not like, to like? Cool. Oh, I love that song. Bob. It is a bop. And. I feel like this is one of those records that you like you go to the show and see her perform it and then you like are dancing the entire time. That's feel good club bops. Totally. It was like if Nashville had a club, which is the Ryman, you'd be bouncing around and dancing to it. And that's the feeling I get from this record. And I love it. And I'm not going to apologize. No, I can't wait to be vaccinated, like grinding in the club to pretty please. Like, yeah, that's what I want my 2021 to be. Don't stop. Like. It's fire. That song is... Don't Start Now. Sorry, Don't Start Now. Not Don't Stop. Is fire. So Don't Start Now was released as a single in 2019, but Mm -hmm. if it hadn't been, that would have been my number one song for 2020. Yeah. I loved it. I I don't know. I just... And I also loved like the weird rollout with this album because it was like during 2020, they had like anime illustrations. I just thought it was cool and different and it's unique. I don't yeah. know. I really enjoyed it. And I didn't watch it, which it's on my list to watch, but she did a live stream on the Friday after Thanksgiving and it drew like something crazy, like 5.5 million people globally. Like get out. She's queen. I've heard amazing things about it too. Mm-hmm. I heard it was like an incredible, perform- incredible performance. I can't talk today. I mean, I really can't. I can't talk this year. Same. So yeah, that was one of I mean, it had to make the list. So that was Iconic. it for me on that. Again, in keeping with pop. All right, Lauren, hit me. Okay, so my next one is Katie Pruitt's Expectations. If you are a longtime listener of the pod, you've heard us talk about Katie Pruitt before. Um, She is somebody who we've seen live several times, and every time after we see her, we can't stop talking about how incredible her voice is. She's such an amazing performer. Also, we should add, she opens a lot for Rustin. I think that's where I've seen her. She's in the friend group because she's Mm -hmm. another Nashville gal and she's kind of in the mix with a lot of the songwriters we talk about a lot. But this record came out early this year. I actually went to um, her album release show, I 
think it Grimey's? was. No, it was at the basement. Oh. Yeah, and it was I was shortly, supposed to go to that with you. Um, it was shortly before the Rustin show. So it was one of the last shows that I saw live. And it was absolutely incredible. And there's mm-hmm. just something magical about being in the basement where there's like a hundred people jam packed in the room, obviously pre COVID. And you just have a band that's like super tight and you have the artist standing 10 feet away from your face, just like wailing, nailing all these songs. Like it was just a magical experience. And this record is just really beautiful. I love Katie's songwriting and her voice is just absolutely insane. It's an interesting record. Um, And I actually had somebody... I did a poll on my Instagram stories yesterday asking what everyone's favorite song was of 2020. And somebody said the song expectations from this record. And they were talking about how lightning 100 introduced her to them because they love her. And she's like the quintessential lightning 100 artist. I feel like a hundred percent. Yeah. But it's an incredible record. My mind's a ship that's going down. One of my favorites expectations out of the blue favorites. It's just great. You should listen to it if you haven't. I've listened to half of it. I haven't listened to the other half. I know. Bad listener. I need to delve in. I am a big Katie Pruitt fan. Yeah. I just got to be in the mood. No, for sure. I get that. What you got next, Jay? So I'm going to send this for a little bit of a loop. And I mentioned this on our last episode. I can't get enough of Chris Stapleton starting over. I can listen to that record nonstop. Again, top to bottom, like all the time. I just feel like all of the songs on there and some of them make me cry again. They make me feel something yeah. and I love that. And that's hard. <laughs> that is hard. I feel like this album for me in terms of Chris Stapleton is on par with traveler. Wow. I didn't necessarily love from a room volume one and two. I, I like some songs from them, but it wasn't like the full cohesive record. Yeah. This one, I love every single song and I'm like, Dang. yeah, it's just his voice his guitar playing, the melodies, again, Maggie's song about his dog makes me weep and like songs about Nashville, Tennessee, like before it became crazy, like makes me like nostalgic, just everything on there is, and you should probably leave like, that's a great one. Love it. Cold. Love Love it. it. Like Chris nailed it. I need to listen to it more. Um, I will be, it's on my playlist for the holidays. Um, I will definitely be diving in yeah i mean get ready to feel the feels so that's why it's in there and i would love to see this live like at the ryman for sure someday yeah exactly someday but it needs to be in the ryman and i just need to like settle in with a good whiskey and probably just have some waterproof mascara and cry for sure yeah yeah but also like a beer in your hand to rage a little yeah like i'm gonna rage and weep that's his vibe yeah raging (laughs) and weeping Honestly, 2020 you should make t-shirts yeah raging and weeping <laughs> Start, well, and starting over 2021 that should be his campaign like should we we should make him some merch shirts totally i love that <laughs> so yeah chris was my next one what about that's a great choice all right i'm throwing it to you lauren hit okay. me so my next choice is definitely a random one this might be somebody that some of you have, might not have heard of but you should um it is novo amours record cannot be whatsoever. So I believe I've talked about Novo Amor on previous episodes before, but I definitely have on my Instagram. I'm annoying about them. If you're a fan of Bonnie Bear, you will love Novo Amor. I have not listened. Jay? I know. I'm going to send this to you to make you listen tonight. It is like indie folk, the lead singer's voice. It's actually similar to Bonnie Bear. It's like an individual. Okay. His project. Um, and he obviously has a band, but it's like this one singer songwriter. He's Welsh and his voice sounds similar to Bonnie Bear's. It's very, um, he sings in falsetto. It's very high and airy and but ethereal. But as we learned from Taylor's record, well, not always. Well, he can do both. Well, Bond. Justin Vernon can do both. And oh, I'm sure her. this, this gentleman can as well, but that's like his shtick. All the songs are just very, they make you feel like you're, floating in space in the best way they're just angelic and beautiful and amazing and yeah if you like bonnie bear you should really check it out highly recommend it's legit i can't stop listening to these songs so, so i need to check it out because yeah, i haven't done it like you're speaking a foreign language to me so i need you will to. love this i really do think will do all right what you got next all right next up this is 
a unique one that I've listened to recently on a recommendation from the boyfriend, but it's her name is Caliuchis. Do you know who this is? Yeah, I'm familiar with her, but I am not familiar with this record. I'm familiar so, with like certain songs. It's like the best way to describe it, I guess, is lo-fi, beady Spanish music, which may sound super unique, but it's actually it's awesome. Um, and her new record is called Sin Miedo, which means without fear. And it's just, again, I don't necessarily understand all the words <laughs> in all the songs, but it's sonically pleasing and I love it. We listened to the full record top to bottom and I just can't get enough of it. And um, I just think it's super unique because it's not something that people do all the time. Like in, in my mind, like you have some someone like a Rosalia or a Camila Cabello and they do something more in the traditional sense. Yeah. Like this is super unique in that sense. I just think, you know, with the sounds. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Can't get enough of it and would highly recommend it. Yeah. Just some recommended artists under her Spotify account are SZA, Chloe and Hallie, Mm -hmm. Blood Orange, Solange. So it's kind of that. It's in that vein, but Spanish or Latin. Love that. So I think that. that's super cool. We were just talking about how close-minded we are when it comes to music that's not in English. So right. if that's you, go listen to Caliuchis. Yeah. Do it. Even do it while you don't have to concentrate and just mm-hmm. see if you like it. Yeah. So I think that's cool. Love that. All right, Lo, you're up. Hit me. All right. This might be a controversial pick, but I am going with Ariana Grande positions. That's an interesting pick. Very interesting, mainly because I listened to it and I didn't pick it. Listen, girl, if you haven't spent enough time with Positions, the record, that's on you. That sounds like a personal problem because it is 14 tracks worth of bop season. So bop season. What do you love about it? Because I I found some songs that I'm like super drawn to and then some I'm just like, this is dud next can't say I agree. You thought they were all fire, like mm-hmm. 14 songs of fire. Yeah. Okay. There are some that I like more like than others, but 34, 34, 35, 35, love motive with Doja cat love, just like magic love off the table with the weekend love. There are so many good songs. Six thirty, love language. The it's entire thing. I feel like in comparison to her previous work, this is a little more mellow. Okay. And we all know Mellow Pop is what I live, eat, sleep, and breathe for. <laughs> right. So I feel like that speaks to me, I guess. But this so- again, these songs have grown on me. Like the first listen through, I was like, I don't know. I think I really like it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. And certain songs have like super stuck out since then. I think it's just they're catchy. They're interesting. It's not the same old same that you're just hearing from everybody else. You know, it's just interesting songs that are catchy. That's fair. Look, I'm not going to judge you for it. I'll give it I'll give it another whirl. You definitely should. I highly recommend. Also, I don't know if you saw, but they're going to have, I think it's a Netflix documentary of Sweetener. Yeah, I did. for that. It's just like, I feel like all of these artists are like, okay, cool. I can't tour, so I'm going to put out the documentary of the tour. Yeah, but it's also like, surely they recorded it for this purpose, don't you think? I don't know, because some artists take camera crews out to every show. Mm-hmm. So if you're smart and you do that, you could like essentially cut and edit together and then splice in some interview pieces that you can do from your house. So I'm curious to see how it goes, but me too. And we're clearly like on the music documentary train. So of course, for sure. You're up. What you got next? Uh, I'm a run the jewel fan. So run the jewel four came out. Um, and I love it. I think they're fantastic. I think they're, progressive in their lyrics i'm probably also more of a fan of like killer mike too because i was listening to podcasts about him and like how he's progressed he's a fascinating person yeah and he's super progressive with like his music but also what he does with his money like he made a joke that like when he first got a big check he like went and bought a car and his wife was like he came home with it and his wife was like "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh um you need to be smart with your money and make investment decisions so then like he bought an apartment building and rents to like African-American renters that may traditionally not get a rent in the city of Atlanta. Like may did not, maybe denied for whatever reason it yeah. is. And he's like starting a bank. So 
anyway, I'm a big, big fan. And I just think their music is just incredible. I don't know. I just loved it. And again, it's not one of those albums that I like can quote every word of, you know, every lyric or anything like that. But I just love the record from top to bottom. So it made the list. Love that. I need to listen through again. I only saved one of the songs from the record Mm -hmm. to my like new music 2020 playlist. Their music just doesn't. And and I think it's more so that specific genre of music Mm -hmm. just doesn't connect with me. But I understand the appreciation for it for sure. And I will say this. I haven't seen them live, but I know multiple people that have Mm -hmm. and have said it's one of the craziest shows they've ever been to. I've heard that as well. So I really want to go to one. I would go. I would go see them. If our friends at Marathon can book another one, holler. (laughs) All right. Lo, hit me. Okay. So coming up next, got a big shocker. Another mellow pop record. This one is from Jeremy Zucker and it's called Love Is Not Dying. Fire. Oh, I mean. Jeremy Zucker had a good year. He really did. And I feel like he just came out of nowhere. Just suddenly everyone knew who he was. And I don't know where he came from, but I am thankful because he makes mellow pop bops. That are sad. Honestly, most of them are sad. That's why you love it. Yeah, of course. No, he's my alley. I mean, he's great. And I feel like I've heard his name a lot. So yeah, curious to see what the future holds. Yeah. Like he collabs a lot with Chelsea Cutler, who was another Mm -hmm. artist who's um, very big with the Gen Zers. They love Chelsea Cutler. Um, But they did like a side, side little project of, I think an EP or something. But Jeremy's record is super great. He had released some of the songs from it um, either earlier this year or at the end of last year. And I already was like, I'm obsessed. I'm ready. Like not your friend is the bomb. I love that song. Anyway, whole record is really good. Jeremy Zucker is like, I'm assuming a Gen Zer creates just like really chill tracks, has like a very velvety voice that's like soft and kind of raspy. It's just like enjoyable to listen to, but there's something about it that just like pierces me in the heart. So, which you love, I love to be pierced in the heart, <laughs> like daily, <laughs> for sure. I have heard his name a lot in, I think, a couple of songs. Even one of his songs, I think, might have made my list. But it's just a little like pop bop. Yeah. All right. So, what is your next one? All right, the next one is no shocker, but I've been digging Tay Tay's Evermore, and I like, can't believe this made your top list already. That says so, a lot. But here's the thing, like, if I'm being completely honest, I had a hard time. I had an easier time with the song list than I did the album list. Yeah. Because I'm so harsh on the album list that this, the next two probably made my list because they're the most recent in my mind. And I was trying to go through some of my top albums that I've listened to on streaming services. And some of them have been from 2019. And I just think they're in 2020. So... Anyway, this yeah. made my list because of two or three songs on there that I just can't get enough of. And like some of the lyric I just, I think is fascinating specifically on Willow, which we'll bring up on songs, but I love, I love that song. I love that song. And again, I need to probably spend more time with the album. I don't know if it's fair to put it on the list right now, but from what I've heard, I really, really like it. Yeah. And I'm not going to apologize. That's it. No, okay? you shouldn't. I was close to adding it to my list too but i just feel like i need some more time with it there is a possibility right now evermore is kind of on par with folklore i think that evermore could pass it in my mind and in my heart as being better than folklore but here's the thing i have not found a song on that album that i like as much as peace oh see i felt the same way i mean i stand for peace but when I listened to Ivy for the first time, mm-hmm. that was like the first song maybe since Peace that immediately when it came on, I was like, oh, yep, I love this one. Oh, girl, you got I'm it. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I love all the songs. There are some songs that I I like less than others for mm-hmm. sure. And it's so funny. I feel like with Taylor's songs, like there are always people who like love and stand for some of the songs that I don't think are that good. And it's wild to me. But hey, to each their own. Even those are good. It's just like there are ones that I like a lot more. And and I don't know if this is fair, but I caught myself being almost harsher on her because of some of the other songs that I love so much. And I'm like, ooh, this doesn't live up to that in my mind. So like, this sucks. Yeah. Well. And I can't play a single note. (laughs) I literally 
I'm like looking through the list and I'm just like, I love all of these songs. I mean, Champagne Problems, delightfully sad. Gold Rush, um, Jackie Antonoff tweeted that that was like the sister track to August or something like that. Yeah. And he, uh, he said something like they made that song for people who love August or something, which I thought was interesting, but I love Gold Rush. I love the concept of that song where it's like, I don't want to like fight for someone's attention or for someone's love. Like when, when it's the gold rush and everyone is going after that thing, I don't want it. Yeah. Like genius. Love that. No, I love it. I also love tis the season. I love Love. closure. Like, I I don't know. I just think it's a really good album. I I wish I didn't like it, but I do. What'd you think about nobody? No crime with Heim, which rhymes (laughs) didn't do it for me. Are you insane? Yeah, I know. Everyone loves it. I'm sorry. Heim doesn't do it for me. Like, and also, I'm going to say this on the record. I take that personally. Heim's record didn't do it for me either. So, oh, it did it for me. Yeah, Pitchfork, everyone, Lauren, you can take it off your list. It's not on my list, but it was like... It's on, it's on like NPR's list. I think it's, it's on... It's on my top 20 for sure. And yeah. I mean, it got nominated for Best Album at the right. Grammys, so... Doesn't do it for me. It, anyway, I support your decision to have Evermore on your list. Thank you. Thank you. So Let's how see. are you going to counter that decision? What do you got? Well... My next one is Haley Witter's The Dream. I'm kind of, so hang on. Before you say anything, I'm like shocked because you're not necessarily like a country fan. What are you, what are you talking about? Like, I don't see you at like a, like a, I don't know, like CMA Fest. Are you there with your cutoff jeans? Yeah. And I don't know about it. I I am not a bro country fan. I can hang with some of it, but like, I love country music. I grew up listening to country music. All right. That's fair. I just like, I I put you in the Noah Gunderson, like Phoebe Bridgers, like. I have a wide variety of Jeremy Zucker category. I like, I can't put you in the country category. Girl, I love country. All right. And Haley Witter specifically, I actually um, have known about her for a long time because she co-wrote a song with Stephanie Lambring, who was another um, artist and writer in Nashville who I like saw at the Bluebird once and then like have just loved her music ever since. And one of the songs that Stephanie had played or released or something, she co-wrote with Haley Witters. And so I started following Haley literally like, I don't know, maybe five years ago or something Mm -hmm. like that. And she's, you know, really doing super well. I think like one of her biggest songs Janice at the Hotel Bar um, is, has made some top songs of the year lists and all these things. So this is actually Haley's second record, um, but it's really kind of taken off. And part of the reason why, if anybody follows on Instagram, Living with Landon, who is a Nashville influencer, I guess, for lack of better phrase, she's like a blogger and she's a mom and she has like a store shop living with Landon in Nashville. Well, she was on her Instagram stories and was telling this story about she was traveling and met this random. She Landon is just somebody who will talk to anybody and everybody she sees. She's that kind of person. Like she'll make friends in the grocery store line. She was in a hotel lobby and for some reason ended up sitting down talking to this older lady who was just giving her life advice on everything. And Landon was talking about it on her story. She's like, I just had the most insane moment. Like I just connected with this like older lady who was giving me all this life advice. It was so beautiful. I wish I could remember it all and tell it all to you. She was telling me this and she was telling me this and she was telling me this. So then Lori McKenna followed living with Landon and took that idea. She was like, Oh, what if we write a song about that lady? She met at this hotel bar um, and all the life lessons she gave and took that to Haley Witters and they wrote Janice at the hotel bar. That's awesome. So a big reason. I didn't know that. Yeah. So then, of course, Landon was talking about that song. Lori McKenna was talking about that song. And so a lot of people were exposed to Haley Witters, who might not have been otherwise. Granted, Haley was like kind of a name in the country music space. Was It was kind of buzzing anyway at that point. And she's been a writer for a long time in Nashville. But um, I think that like kind of catapulted her a little bit. And I do love that song. But she has a lot of other amazing songs on this record, too, including Happy People, which was cut previously by little big town mm-hmm. and yeah and she has a song called 10 year town which is about being a writer in nashville and just like the struggles of that and it's just all really well written i love her voice i love her honesty and it's a great record if you like country music which right. i do just seen <laughs> apparently lauren does i apologize guys <laughs> i apologize to everyone how dare you think that i don't like any genre except for metal 
everything else I can hang with. Well, all the metal fans are now going to spam you. No, it's fine. All right. So this is my last one, I think. Again, disclaimer, I need to spend more time with this album, but I really liked what I the first run through it, which was Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon, number three. Yeah, and it's another fresh one. It is another fresh one, but I am such a fan of Man on the Moon, number one, and this kind of falls into that sonically and i really enjoy it i didn't love the second follow-up album wasn't the biggest fan yeah but this one's pretty good and again i need to spend more time with it but i'm such a big kid cuddy fan like pursuit of happiness like fire song and again on this this record i think he followed up pretty well to the first album that phoebe bridgers song though dude he's he's like he's a hipster he's a hipster at heart yeah i think i saw something yesterday i think Kid Cudi had tweeted something about listening to Phoebe Bridger's record. And Phoebe said something like, let's sing a song together. And that is why Done. this happened. Yeah. Like, thank you, Twitter, for bringing all the collabs we needed this year. I love it. I need to listen to that record more. The first listen through, there were like, most of them I didn't necessarily immediately connect to. But like, towards the last half of the record, there were like four or five songs. I was like, okay, I really like these. Yeah. I think you more did well of a on chill. It. I like when... Mm-hmm. There's a chill vibe to it, you know? You and a chill vibe? I, it's shocking. It's weird. Absolute shocking. You don't say. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, no. I mean, look, I really liked it. I think he's going to get probably some unnecessary criticism because his first record was so good, but whatever. Live your I've truth. I've seen people saying good things so far. I mean, yeah. it's only when we're recording this, it's been out for like less than 24 hours. Right. But so far, people are saying good things. So we'll see. All right, so my last pick is Sam Smith, Love Goes. And I feel like this record is just not getting the hype that it deserves. There are a lot of songs on here. I mean, there are some older ones like Diamonds and How Do You Sleep, Dancing with a Stranger. Like a lot of the singles that have come out in the last like year or so were also on this record. But the new songs are fire, absolute fire. I feel like Sam's voice is at its best. I feel like it's got more of an R&B feel to it than some of his previous records. And I'm obsessed. I can't stop listening to the song Love Goes with Labyrinth. It's well, hang on. You're a Labyrinth gorge. fan. like Yeah, of course. Yeah, if yeah, if yeah. you're not, there's something wrong with you. Jealous of the rain? Oh. Yeah, I know. We can't get even get into it. But like, look, the reason this didn't make my list, and I'm going to give you a counter argument, was because I loved the singles, didn't love like the rest of the songs on the record all that much. So I was like, mm, it's it's almost like the trailer was better than the movie. Sorry. I respectfully <laughs> completely disagree. I think this is one. We're no longer friends. There are like one or two that I don't love as much, but like pretty much is a no skip record for me, which is bold. And I feel like not enough people are listening to it. However, I will say I like was ranting and raving about Love Goes on my Instagram stories and people were DMing me and they're like, oh, shoot, I never would have listened to this, but I just listened and like, I can't get over how good this Maybe is. Maybe I'll give it another whirl. You should, especially at least that song. So good. Okay, so top songs just feels impossible. As Justine was saying earlier in this episode, it just, there are so many good individual songs that it's like, and we also listen to so many different genres that it's like, how do you narrow it down truly? So since it's so hard to narrow down songs, we're just going to talk about a few of the songs that we feel summed up the year for us. So Jay, what's one that you feel has made an impact on you this year? Blinding Lights by the weekend. Wow, the Grammys could stand to take a note from this scene. I mean, look, I the first of all, the song is like it has this like 80s undertone with those like weird little beats in there. It's like the aha take mm-hmm, on me song. Mm-hmm. Love it. And also I am blinded by the lights. That is 2020. So thank you, Weekend, for that. Also, I was a Weekend stand before, like, back when he was releasing mixtapes. So yep. anyone that wants to roast, like, talk to me later. Yeah, I don't exactly. think anyone would roast. Like, that's, like, a very big song from this year, for sure. Oh, uh, for sure. He broke records on that. So talk to me later. All right, Lauren, I go. I love the sass and the fire. Talk to your therapist. Go. Okay, we need we need to get into that. I'm going to go with Rain On Me by Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga. Well, Ooh. sorry, Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. Um, that is just the song that was so huge this year. I feel like I heard it one million times, and I'm still honestly not sick of it. It's a bop. I want to be sweaty in a club, drinking like a watered-down vodka soda, yeah. dancing to this. And you corrected me on the lyric because I thought the lyric said... Uh, I'd rather be drunk. Yeah, I'd rather be drunk. But at the- least I'm alive. 
Yeah, I think I messed up the lyric completely. I'd rather be drunk, but at least I'm in love. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was clearly it's like a callback to yeah, Beyonce. I was wasted love. while listening to this song, but I do love that song. That's the correct state of mind to be in right. while yeah. listening to it. But yeah, it was just a bop. Two pop queens coming together. That's what we needed this year. And that's what they brought to us. Love it. Jay, All right. your next one. I loved Lies by Sasha Sloan. That song is fire. I'm probably responsible for at least a million streams of the cumulative total on that. But like pretend to look at me naked. Like, yes. We love Just her fire. on the music buzz. The we lyric are, are Sasha is, Sands. yeah. I thought the lyric was fire, the beat, fire. I just love everything about the song. I can't say anything bad about it. I love that for you. Thank you. Which is also saying a lot for me. No, that is true. Did you like the song? I do. It, I wouldn't say it's like one of my favorites of hers necessarily, but I enjoy it. All right. What's your next up? Okay. My next one is kind of a wild card, but I just feel like it really encompasses everything that this year is. And that is F2020 by Avenue Beat. Avenue Beat really kind of blew up because of TikTok and blew up on TikTok specifically because of this song. They kind of released a teaser of it and it blew up as it should have. They're just adorable. This song is catchy. It's a bop and it's true. So that's where we're That's all you need. That's all you need. And sorry, F2020. No, for sure. Still Mm -hmm. sad, still ain't got no money. Yeah. Where's the lie? (laughs) (laughs) They really hit the nail on the head on that one. Yeah. So congrats to to them. What you got next? It's really hard for me to pick. Seven Summers, Morgan Wallen. I love it. It's like, it sounds like an Eagles song when he's like Mm. introing it. I got a little Eagles vibe. Also, it was like nostalgic. It was like drinking a beer like outside. Love that for me because that didn't happen this year because of COVID. So thought it was seriously through the lyric. Correct. Um, And it was some of my favorite songwriters with Shane McNally and Josh Osborne. So loved that. Loved it all around. I feel like going back to you thinking I'm not a country stan. I don't like bro country, but I feel like that song gave me like an old dominion Eric church Mm -hmm. kind of brand of country vibe. And that I love for sure. Yeah. Um, Great song. That was a huge one this year. Oh yeah. It was massive. All right. My next one is my tears ricochet Taylor Swift from folklore fire, just fire. And I just think the lyric, if I'm dead to you, why are you at the wake is reverberating throughout this year. Like as probably one of the best lyrics we've heard from Taylor iconic perfect great song and we know the meaning it's you know about scooter and scott and we love the drama we love the backstory well we don't love it but we love to know about it for sure so love that i loved it as well i concur look at us agreeing on something for once all right next up on my list was still talk to jesus love it that laney song where it's just like yeah i smoke marijuana I lied to my mama, but I still talk to Jesus. I feel like that's the embodiment. Really, I like relate to it personally because it's like, "Mm, I have a weird relationship with faith and religion, group Catholic, the whole bit. Won't get into it. Again, I'll talk to my therapist. But (laughs) the song just hits the nail on the head with that where it's like, yeah, you can do all these bad, quote unquote, bad things. But like when you lay your head on the pillow, you're like, hey, God. No, I'm not the model student, but still talking to you. Yeah, it's like we're imperfect people, and that doesn't reflect on what your faith is or what your beliefs are. Correct. Like, very honest for a mellow pop song. And it's like, I feel like it's almost something embarrassing. that you, Maybe embarrassing is not the right word, but it's not something you openly admit. It's not yeah. like I'm walking around being like, yeah, I talked to Jesus. But, like, when I'm alone and really sad on my pillow, I'm like, yo, dude. Hey, buddy. <laughs> down here, remember me? So, yeah. anyway, there's that. I love that. All right. Lauren, hit me. Okay. I'm going to go Vampire by Dominic Fike. This is one that is one of the few crossovers of me and Justine's list. Uh, It's just a bop. And especially after watching the New York Times uh, little documentary on Hulu about Dominic, I just have so much more respect for him. It's just a catchy song. And it's one of those songs that's like, come on different radio stations that I've been listening to. And I'm like, this song is just fire i obviously agree it was on my list it's so catchy i like the little vibe of it it's just quirky and like kind of weird and catchy it's just great all right so next up on mine i'm gonna go with wop like you can roast me for that but it's a bop and like i have really nothing else to say it's just a bop it's 
it's honestly one of the biggest songs of 2020. Yeah. When we look back on this year, that's what you'll think of. Yeah. So there's that. For better or, or for worse. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Depends on the context, but yes. Yeah, yeah, right. Musically speaking. Right. All right, Lauren, hit me. All right. Um, I'm going to go with Garden Song by Phoebe Bridgers. One of the best songs from this year for me personally. I couldn't stop listening to it on repeat. It's just gorgeous, and it's just about growing up and figuring out who you are and yourself and it's beautiful and we love that love it all right so those were just kind of a little highlight of some of our best but we're going to be creating playlists on the music buzz spotify Um, we will share those with you on our instagram so if you're not following us there we're at music buzz pod and stay tuned there to see our full lists of our best songs of the year thanks for sticking it out with us i can't believe we made it to december already I can't either. Yeah, thanks, guys. I hope I hope everyone enjoyed like at least some music this year. I hope that was the silver lining in all of this in a weird way. Yeah, music kept us sane, and that's that's why we can't stop talking about it. It's the only thing that's kept us busy, kept us alive, kept us just human this year. So, and if music kept you alive and sane, respond on our Instagram post with your favorite songs of this yeah, year. Yeah, what kept you going? I sincerely i would be curious me too because we might need some new inspiration like maybe you your favorites are songs that we haven't heard before yeah we are always looking for new tunes so go spread that love we out have a happy holidays everyone stay safe stay happy we're going to be taking a little bit of a break for a few weeks um but we'll keep you posted when we're coming back for 2021 and most importantly stay buzzed stay buzzed